Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks, the weekly slab here. My name is Aaron. I'm joined by Nate uh, each and every week here. And Nate, we've got some fun topics to talk about today, don't we? Oh, we do. The sports world is pretty hot right now. Pretty hot right now. So yeah, excited. NFL season is is done, but the draft is coming up, and we actually won't be talking about that this week, maybe in the future weeks. But this week, we've got seven different sports topics to hit on. And down the list, we have March Madness to start, then the play-in tournament from the NBA, uh, MLB opening day tomorrow on Thursday, so the day you're watching this episode, uh, Thursday. Nate, how pumped are you for that? Oh, you have no idea. We get to watch the Brewers, but we also get to watch Julio Rodriguez, Wander yes. Franco, a uh, bunch of Bobby Wood Jr. I'm going to be watching baseball all day. For sure. And then in the front of the episode, we'll have a very small part in soccer. But then at the end, there will be a Slab Stocks FC segment. And then we've got Golf, F1, and WWE. All these things have got card trends associated with them. We will bring up two card trends per sports trend. And we will just discuss them and see what we can find. Other than that, we will have a FlipQuest update, which we did pretty decent on last uh, Sunday show. And then also a who's hot, who's not uh, with some Card Ladder Pro data. So to start, let's just jump right in. Let's start talking about March Madness. Nate, you could talk probably for like a decade about this W here because it'll be another decade until you get another. But I haven't seen a Wisconsin Badger uh, you know, tournament in my lifetime. So whatever. I'll just let you have your shine here and talk for a little bit. Let's see. The Badgers have one championship in like 1943 or something. Yeah, something nuts like that. Uh, a while ago. But yeah, this Kansas team, obviously championship winners. Uh, the most unexpected championship winner I think I've ever seen. I know they were a one seed, so that sounds a little disingenuous, but they were not a very good one seed a month and a half ago. You know, they were a mediocre defensive team with one lottery pick on their team and a whole lot of struggle elsewhere. And so I didn't think, I didn't even know if they get a one seed. They, they lost to TCU on the road TCU, and that was a bad sign. And all of a sudden, they come out, Remy Martin gets healthy, they storm through the Big 12 tournament, and then they just stormed through the tournament. Easy, a lot of luck. Talk about a team with a lot of luck. Uh, Wisconsin and Auburn being your two and three, or your three and two, respectively. And then Providence being your four. Not a ton of historically tough teams in the division, or in the in the region, their side of the bracket. And all those teams pretty much lost before Kansas had to face them, or they all did except for Providence. So a pretty easy side to get to the Elite Eight or to the Final Four. And then Villanova injury to their second best scorer. You go through them, and then North Carolina, a lot of injuries. But And, and wheels just f- fell off from them too. I mean, terrible shooting numbers overall and in the second half particularly. Well, they're not a deep team. They're not yeah. a deep team at all, and you could tell that the guys were tired by the end. But nobody's going to remember in 20 years that it was a super easy path to the finals. They're just going to remember that Kansas has four championships, you know? So I'm not worried. Championship <laughs> winner and Ochai, he's going to be a first-round pick. He's probably going to be somewhere between, like, I don't know, the 12th and, like, the 17th pick or something like that. And uh, his Bowman cards, which I thought about buying when they came out, I didn't. Bowman next, the the new uh, thing with the whole NIL deal in college, actually getting these players autographs before the March Madness. I always wondered, what if there was like a March Madness set that that released before the tournament? Wouldn't that be fun making some short-term bets like that? Yeah, and you can see it worked because 
$150 to $180 after the win, $90 pre-win. And when I was looking at it, and he was one of the first three guys out there along with Drew Timmy and somebody else, they were $60 for a, a quote-unquote base auto at release. Um, pretty Based incredible. autos num- numbered out of 99. Yep. So, which was the quote unquote, yeah. uh, pretty incredible. And then you got Christian Braun, who I didn't even know he had a Bowman next auto. Yeah, he does. And they have been delivered already. Like I'm still waiting for my Johnny Davis auto. So like if we somehow made a tournament run, I couldn't sell them if I wanted to at the W, although I probably wouldn't have. Yeah. But $150 on buy it now on the 23rd of February and only $110 on the 5th of April after the win, which is kind of shocking. Well, it makes it makes me question uh the buying of for a one hundred and fifty dollars on February twenty third. Like just listening, like how you describe Kansas this season, it's like that would not be the time to spend a ton of money on a guy like that. Um maybe no. it was like the only one available after they released the first one delivered. Someone just a huge Christian Braun fan. Maybe it's Christian Braun himself wanted it. But uh yeah, 110, I mean that's pretty decent, I'd say for like, you know, if Obaji's I mean, yeah, if you get it for 60 and you're selling it for 110, that's easy money. Yeah, easy exactly. money. And what's interesting for Braun or Brown, I've heard I've heard announcers for the last three years say Braun, and then this tournament I hear Brown, and I'm I now I just don't know. <laughs> um he may have with that second half, he may have played himself into the first round, which would be kind of shocking. Because he's not like the greatest shooter, but he's springy and he's a six, eight guard. Um, and with that second half showing, I don't know. He, he, there is rumors that he may have played himself into the back end of the first round. So that'd be cool. I wonder what happens at the NBA draft. When these players get drafted, they have those on card Bowman next dollars released. How, how will they be selling? And I guess we'll see this uh, upcoming NBA draft, but moving on because we have time limits on each of these segments. So we don't mm-hmm. ramble on for forever. We are moving on to the NBA play in tournament specifically because on Tuesday night now, the Lakers have officially been eliminated by the Phoenix Suns after a year where they came into the season with the second highest or second best odds to win the finals, only behind the Brooklyn Nets, who are also sitting in the play-in tournament in the East. So two of the teams are favored, even though I was completely against that for pretty obvious reasons. Now it's showing lack of depth, old age, uh, lack of defense, which is one of the most important reasons. Uh, yeah. How about them Lakers, Nate? Mm. I feel like everyone that wasn't a Lakers fan saw this coming. Now, obviously, injuries had a big part to do with it. Anthony Davis being injured, LeBron being injured. If they're healthy, they're in the playoffs. But But if they're healthy thing is the argument we can make every single year for these teams that are kind of relying on dudes that might not play full seasons now. That's true. That's true. And, And you're relying on older age guys, except for Anthony Davis. The Anthony Davis injuries are unfortunate considering he's, what, 28 um, but everyone that wasn't a Lakers fan could have seen this outcome coming where it's like, you got you, your big signings were Carmelo, Anthony, Russell Westbrook, who hadn't looked good in years, Rajon Rondo. You're just adding age. You got rid of all your young guys. Your best player is a 37 year old, even though LeBron was amazing. He was amazing. Still 37. And, uh, it's just nice to see that for us, non-delusional NBA fans, we were right, and for the delusional Laker fans, a little bit of a wake-up call. And the delusional media, too. The media was so hype on these. This well, they're always, always going to be hype. The media is always yeah. West Coast, East Coast bias. The bigger city, the better. 
the bigger names, the better. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's what what happened there. And uh, Anthony Davis is. 2012 rookie flawless auto numbered out of 10 BGS 9.5. Now this is a team Panini uh, rookie auto. It's not like his main auto patch from flawless or anything. There are like three different image variations of the team Panini. So technically you could have like 30 copies of 10 just with different pictures. Uh, regardless of the point, the same image sold last year for $2,500. This year, $760. Uh, actually within the last few days, it's a 70% drop on that card. Anthony Davis cards would have been about one of the worst places to be um, a year ago from today up until now based on that. I did not just bring up his 2012 Prism PSA 10, which could be obvious for a lot of players that that card would have dropped in price. This is a on-card flawless rookie auto where if you pick a number of other players you could have spent $2,500 on, if it was John Morant or any other player, you could be looking at thousands of dollars in profit. Instead, this is thousands of dollars in losses. So, you know, just not awesome. And then for Russell Westbrook, uh, his downtown BGS 9.5. Now it's in a Thunder jersey from 2016. So I'd say a little bit more collectible than maybe a couple of his other cards uh, because there's maybe still some Thunder fans buying it. Uh, it's lost $100 since October, the start of the season, from uh, 450 about to 345 And it's just his market's kind of hard to gauge right now because there's not much selling unless people put the cards up for auction. You know, I looked at cards over $250 by the Card Ladder Sales History Tool, which is how we got all this data for this uh, for this episode today. There's not many selling. There's not a whole lot selling. You got to go back. You know, you gotta keep you scroll back, and it goes back pretty fast because there's not a whole lot of sales history right now. If his cards of his selling for over $250, it's just not really a place to be. I guess these Lakers and their cards, even LeBron's, have taken a hit this year. Even the nice ones, the rare ones. I don't know what the future's like. It's probably gonna be a big shakeup throughout this offseason. If it's not a big shakeup. Probably it's another season of the same stuff, Nate. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure some team will probably come calling after AD. I don't think anybody's going to come calling after Westbrook. Maybe they can dump some assets and Westbrook on a non-contending team that just wants a star in there to pull fans in. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, $45 million is no one's actually going to take that on with meaningful wanting to win, you know? Yeah. Maybe he goes... Maybe uh, he goes back to the Rockets for uh, for uh, John Wall's contract. I was going to say that that's another terrible contract. He's played like forty games in like three seasons on that contract. It's like one hundred seventy-one million dollars or something in four years. Crazy. Crazy. Also, quick shout out to the Suns. Set a team record for sixty-three wins. Obviously, they were in the championship last year, and uh, I don't know if anybody considered it like to be real because a lot of teams were injured. But then here we are back again, Suns yet again, 63 wins and looking like they might be championship contenders again. I watched like one quarter of last night's game and they were just on fire. It's like Booker's hitting everything. Aiden's making jumpers. Uh, I feel like they're going to be probably going to be the you know NBA, final, NBA finals represented from the West. So what? not a huge hot take at all by any means, but they're just no. really good. Uh, moving on. And we'll be opening day Thursday. Nate, tell us what the biggest thing is for this season. Let's go. The biggest thing for this season is young guys. Um, the MLB started uh, in their collective bargaining agreement, said that if you if you call up a young player and he performs well, that you will get draft pick compensation for him. So instead of holding back on your Wander Francos for the first month and a half of the season or for your Chris Bryant's, teams are calling guys up. So Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez, 
Uh, Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green would have been called up if he hadn't got injured. Uh, um, Adley Rushman would have been called up if he didn't get injured. Like a ton of teams calling up a bunch of young, young studs. And then uh, potentially C.J. Abrams. I haven't seen anything yet. Doesn't mean it wasn't announced and I just missed it. But uh, C.J. Abrams could be the starting shortstop for the Padres too, which is pretty crazy considering he hadn't played above a ball before uh, this spring training. So young guys to go along with the Ronald Acuna's and the Juan Soto's who are still like 23 years old and the Wanders who are already up and the Vlad's who are 23 and guys like that. It's going to be an amazing, amazing season. Well, I mean, if the MLB can figure out a way to connect with fans and stuff, I mean, there's no better time to have young people be excited. If there's all these young, exciting players, uh, you said it right there. You know, when you talk about like stars kind of, fading and other sports they're starting to get you know 28 29 and if anyone i saw someone brought up today you know like the the new shiny objects are coming in with with torkelson and uh julio rodriguez and then it's like oh acuna and soda are people gonna start to forget about them it's like well they're 23 so no because they'll still be the best players in mlb most likely or some of the best and it's just crazy to see this much talent this early on in their careers isn't it it is it is and it's crazy because you have a ton of other talent that like bounce back talent, Keston Hero. We talk about it. He's not old, but huge bounce back potential at 25. And then two guys that um I wanted to bring up because uh they have huge bounce back potential. Gavin Lux, who's just 24, plays for the Dodgers. AJ Pollock got traded away, so now right field is open for Gavin Lux to take, or left field is open for Gavin Lux to take. So it should be interesting. His tops uh rookie foil PSA tens are up 304% in six months. PSA 10 sold around $22 on October 11th, and the last one sold for $89 on the 4th. Is he solidified in the starting lineup now, like with that trade? He should be. He should be. Wow, very cool. Um, So that's huge. And then another guy that is pretty young, and people kind of forget about him, and he's had decently bad years the last couple years, but he's still just 25 years old is Gliber Torres. And um, this is interesting because Gliber, his tops Heritage Chrome, you know, out of 999 PSA 10, you could have bought this card for $40 <clears throat> November 11th or November 14th, 2021. It's up to $110 now because he had a good spring training, 900 OPS, three home runs. So there's a couple guys that are getting probably their last shot at both credibility in the majors and also um uh card credibility here and they're up and i'm excited to see what they can do because they need to take the reins and remind people that they are former top prospects that are good or else it's always going to be the j-rods the wits the torkelsons you know the sotos and stuff that take the shine and you're going to forget about the gavin luxes and i mean guy like gavin lux and glaber torres they're both top five prospects yeah they were crazy crazy all right, we got to move on, though. We have to move on. So uh, everyone look out for more Dane Corners podcasts, though, of course, on the Spotify and Apple Podcasts, uh, Slapstocks Network. You know, you can find them there, and Nate and Jimbo do a great job with those. Soccer, we've got just two things to point out here, is that April and May will all be about the Champions League and the Premier League tables. So Champions League today, actually, we're recording this on Wednesday. Chelsea plays at 2 p.m. Central time for the first leg against Real Madrid. Uh, Zach will update you on all the scores, even from yesterday's first leg. 
uh, at the end of this episode. But to talk about some cards that are associated with uh, you know these happenings, I'll focus on the Premier League table, which has great interest to do with Nate. Uh, the four versus five spot in the Premier League table is either going to be Arsenal or Tottenham, most likely. And Arsenal is currently tied with Tottenham in points at 54, but Tottenham has played one more game. So Arsenal, you know, if they their their extra game was actually a reschedule from Chelsea, uh, playing against Chelsea, which didn't happen because of like the EFL Cup final or one of those cups that was going on, FA Cup maybe, and. It's a huge one. Like if Chelsea wins that, Nate, it's going to be basically a dogfight with the rest of the schedule. And if uh, Tottenham gets the head-to-head victory because y'all do play each other one more time in the season, it would be a pretty improbable, I'd say, given that Arsenal had like three games in hand at one point on Tottenham. Uh, but Arsenal took a tough loss to uh, Crystal Palace on Monday. But really quick here, two cards, one of each club. Harry Kane, Octane Auto from Immaculate, a new set that released this year is a subset in Immaculate on-card auto. Sold for $195 on March 29, 2022, not very long ago. It sold today on April 6th for $350. That's a pretty large increase in a couple days uh, span. And I think it has to do with people getting excited that maybe he does return to Champions League football next year. And if one of these clubs doesn't, it's going to be extremely disappointing because this is going to have to be like a return to glory for one of the two. For those that don't know, the top four clubs in the Premier League table make the following year's Champions League uh, pool and uh, everyone else doesn't. So if you're in the five spot, you make the Europa League, which has implications for maybe getting in the Champions League in the future. We won't go into the weeds. And then Bukayo Saka, his Merlin, uh, Merlin Blue Shimmer of 75. So he has a very lack of rookie cards. It's really like his... Uh, Pitch Kings level four from uh, from Chronicles, which is a pretty expensive rookie, Bukayo Saka, and then Immaculate Rookie. And there's not much else outside of that. He's been super good. And the Blue Shimmer sold for $200 on April 6th via, which is as we're recording this today, via eBay Buy It Now. They were, it was like a $50 card in December. We had like two of those, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I had a gold out of 50 I got for like 100 bucks. We, I think I bought the Red Wave out of five for like 150 back in October or something like that. So his cards have, increases quite a lot in price but if you think about a guy who's a more high prospect like eduardo Camavinga, or at least was when his rookies were releasing i don't think anyone's denying that Saka's he's a better prospect than everything and better player uh but Camavinga's blue shimmers are like sitting on ebay for like a hundred dollars buy it now now that's a big function of one like Saka's been hot but also two Saka doesn't have many cards he was playing the europa league he doesn't get all his champions like releases he doesn't get uh you know, all those other cards that come along with being in the Champions League, like Kamavinga uh, was. He's got Topps Chrome rookies, Topps Chrome rookie autos. So, uh, pretty pretty good luck there for Saka and Arsenal. Now, hopefully they can finish the deal for you, Nate, and make it in. Let's go. And then beat Chelsea in the in the Champions League, and I'll be able to make fun of Aaron for life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, moving on. Golf, Nate, Masters this weekend. Pretty big deal. Yeah, Augusta National in Georgia. This weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, obviously I won't be watching Thursday because I'll be watching opening day, but you better believe that I will be having golf on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I am pumped for it. And there's only one storyline that matters. Tiger Woods, will he play? Won't he play? The answer is yes, he will be playing this weekend. And not only that, but he's so confident he thinks he could win it. You got to remember he was just in a car accident like 13, 14 months ago could have lost his legs, and now he's he has a slight gimp walking around, um, to be expected, obviously. Yeah. But uh, uh, from what I've heard, he's looking pretty good out there, 
He's looking pretty good, and I am I'm excited to watch him play and see what he can do because uh, I mean everyone everyone wants to see Tiger win. Even the players in the field want to see Tiger win. Yeah, it's, it, so. I heard something ESPN there the other day that said that this is like one of the most competitive pools yet for the Masters, where it's not just like you know your one or two guys going to go on and maybe be expected to win. Obviously, something crazy happens a lot of times, mm-hmm. but uh, this whole Tiger news is just overshining everything of every other golfer out there uh, to be expected. But how about that sale that happened on uh, Sunday's PWCC auction that we uh, were bid- well, we weren't bidding up, but we were watching it. Yeah, the upper deck all-time greats one-on-one auto from 2012. Uh, BGS 9 sold for 11700 And we had the guy in our that sold it in our PWCC live stream on Sunday night, and he said he bought it, and we can find it here in December. He was the one that bought it for $4,700 in December, and he sold it for eleven seven four months later, right before... The Masters starts absolutely stroke of genius from him and uh, a huge, obviously huge, huge increase of $7,000. Yeah, that was a stellar play, an absolutely stellar play right there. Uh, Formula One, moving on, we got the Australian Grand Prix this weekend. This is uh, the first time that they're racing in Australia now since 2019. Normally it was the uh, opening of uh, the Formula One season. Now it's the third race of the year this year, uh, Daniel Ricciardo's home race, and there's a lot going on in Formula One right now because a lot of the teams are having car problems with the uh, new cars that came out this year. Mercedes with Hamilton performing extremely poorly. Uh, McLaren extremely disappointing with, you know, Lando Norris did get points last week, finished at seven, but Daniel Ricciardo didn't finish. Um, basically, he just couldn't, his engine just stopped working and couldn't drive. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can maybe flip the script here with the home race for Daniel Ricciardo whose cards really haven't been selling for a whole lot recently. Like, obviously, if you all watch Drive to Survive, uh, first season was pretty big with him with the Team Red Bull. Then he moved to Renault for season two, well, 2019 season. And uh, if you look at one of his recent card sales, is 2021, the new set that releases Topps Chrome Orange Auto of 25, sold for 1325, uh, which is, you know, that's a lot of money. But if you look back, I saw that there was a red auto from 2020 Topps Chrome, numbered out of five PSA 8. From the first year set that sold for it was twenty five hundred dollars. Now this was back in like February ish, so you know Formula One got super hot in the last two months, even hotter than it was. So maybe that card sells higher now, but it just seems like that's kind of a lot for the first for that twenty twenty one. So I know it's his first McLaren cards, but it's not like he's doing awesome with them, or even did that awesome last year with them. And uh, we'll see where those go. But Lando Norris, also his cards have taken a big hit. There's a ton of hype for him coming into this year, and now with the car performance not awesome. Uh, you know, his refractor PSA 10 from 2020, his rookie was selling for 855 on February 17th. Now the most recent sale was 685 on March 30th. And then as for the team that's super hot to start the year, Ferrari with, I guess it's actually pronounced uh, Charles Leclerc, which is crazy to me because you hear the main announcer for Formula One every single weekend. It is Leclerc. Dude, literally check this out, Nate. The main announcer every single weekend says, Charles Leclerc, you know, and stuff. And it's just like everyone who watches the races, who's maybe never actually watched Drive to Survive or listened to actually Charles himself speak. Dude, he introduces himself on the show as Charles Leclerc. And I'm just like, what in the world? What's going on? Like, Wait, like so the same thing, with, same thing with Christian Braun or Brown, you know, Jim Nance is saying Brown. Everyone thinks it's Braun. And what's going on now? So, oh, I love that because I thought it was Leclerc and I would get corrected. Well, I thought that that's what it was to start too until I started to hear the announcer saying Leclerc. And now I'm like, okay, I don't even know what's going on. So either way, beside the point, 
Uh, him and Max, the duel is on this year. Last year, you were used to Hamilton and Verstappen. If Hamilton doesn't get the stuff figured out with Mercedes, you know, Charles and Ferrari are are in the constructors' lead to start the year. Max overtook him to win race two. He couldn't finish the deal in race one. I think race three, we might see another duel again, although I've heard that Red Bull is not historically uh, very good at Australia. Uh, they've had one podium since 2014, which seems crazy. I know they didn't race there in 2020 or 2021, so you know Max has been amazing the last two seasons. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And uh, for Leclerc, his Sapphire PSA 10 was $375 on January 4th, that's to start the year. And now it's 1350 around there, wow. 1350. Um, just insane to see his stuff has absolutely exploded in price for good reason. I mean, he's always been super talented uh, as I've heard. And now being in Ferrari, that's got the best car to start the year. We'll see what happens the rest of the season, but um, it's a risk. It's a risk buying, buying his cards right now. Cause if they, if they don't keep it up, I mean, I'm sure we'll see some suppression. And on the flip side, McLaren. Oh, yeah. Nate. McLaren is only 24. Yeah, he's young. Most of these really talented drivers are between like 24 and 27. Uh, it's a young field. And, you know, Gasly's 26 and Lando's the younger one of 22, I think. Uh, George Russell's like 24. So, like, a lot of these guys are really young. And that's what we're looking at for F1. But uh, I, I'm not going to talk for forever and I can talk a lot longer. But we got to move on to WWE. Uh, which WrestleMania was this last weekend, which seems like a terrible time to have it to bring in any casual fans because final four was the exact same weekend. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. You had, you had the final four, you had the women's uh, championship on Sunday. So final four on Saturday, women's championship on Sunday championship game on Monday. You also have like, you know, the end of spring training games NBA. Um, and, and soccer and NBA. And it's like, why would you why would you schedule it right there? I mean, I know all the diehards were super into it, but it's just like I don't think anyone well, I'm sure there are some people, but who's gonna pick Final Four or not pick Final Four on Saturday to watch over WrestleMania? But besides the point, uh, Logan Paul showed up to WrestleMania. I think that this was his first appearance at WrestleMania, correct? Correct. And uh he well, he you know, social media explodes in the card market really easily when something hype happens, and he comes out this time with a uh you know, bejeweled uh, or bedazzled, if you want to say, Pokemon Illustrator PSA 10, the Pikachu card, which is the most expensive Pokemon card of all time with his purchase now, PSA 10 of $5,275,000, which was sitting in an $80,000, what do they call those things, like pendants, right? Like where it's like the chain or the thing that hangs on the chain. Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's just so much money. I always think it's weird how it's like, I have the most expensive Pokemon card in the world. But it's only the most expensive Pokemon card in the world because I was willing to pay this much for it. Doesn't mean yeah. anybody else is, you know. And, and the other thing too, it's like it sold for seventy five thousand dollars more than the Mickey Mantle PSA nine and the LeBron Exquisite of I think it was the twenty three uh, BGS nine. That was the card that hit five point two. But was there something to be said for getting it just above both of those and just under the Honus Wagner? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, that just that number's so close. $75,000 more than $5.2 million on the dot. I feel like it had to be like, get right up there, the number two most expensive card of all time. And uh, the other thing about WWE, moving on from Logan Paul, is that 2022 Prism WWE release this week, or releases on Friday and Wednesday, was like the first off the line uh, where they are getting delivered. But the an interesting thing about this is that cards are expensive to start. Boxes are expensive, like $850 for a hobby box or Ooh, something. Uh, John, the John Cena color blast 
is sitting on eBay at over $10,000 with 52 bids with like over 35 bidders. Some people on the Instagram post we put up were saying, oh, you know, she'll bid this and that. But like a lot of those bids over $9,000 had a lot of feedback from bidders. I know that that doesn't mean that that's not she'll bid and stuff, but like it's not like every single bid recently was like zero and one feedback is my point. Um, I I have no idea how rare they're going to be. It's a first release issue of 2020 or, or Prism WWE, which could make those color blasts extremely rare. Like we saw with the first release of the soccer ones. But here's the thing, Nate. I don't mean to dominate the talking space. 2022 Prism WWE just released tons of hype, tons of over, or I want to say overspending people spend how they want. There was years of Topps Chrome and Topps Minus WWE products starting in 2014 for the first Topps Chrome product. You have this release. Boxes are like super expensive and stuff. And a week ago, Fanatics dropped the announcement that they got the rights to WWE in the future. Like literally, they just, I think that they're just toying with Benini. They get the rights to WWE. They say it a week before Prism releases. So now we're looking at it was a multi-year deal for Panini with WWE, potentially like three years of Prism. And then it's just done probably for a long, long time. Yeah. Does it make and like this is a super uneducated take from the whole WWE side of it because i know nothing i watch nothing i've heard names john cena undertaker whatever steve austin but to me it just seems like three years is such a short amount of time to build any lineage when once tops get it they'll start making tops chrome and tops finest again you remember the wild wild west days of never finding cards and card aisles at stores yeah you know what cards you could find wwe tops wwe yeah. so just because it's prism i i am blown away that it moves to Prism and all of a sudden people want it. And for like a more like normal card to sell, there was the Undertaker, his, his first Prism card, number dot, red off 299 sold for $200, uh, which isn't like an insane amount of money, but you know, it's not super rare either. But just like people will be spending a lot of money on this. Cards from Prism are going to outsell cards from the you know first six years of the Topps Chrome lines and Topps Finest lines. Like this isn't even close to the first issue of the cards for this. Like with Formula One, 2020 Topps Chrome was like really the first issue of like, you know, a Topps or Panini licensed product, you know. And I get that there was the way back in the day, the Futura. Uh, I think that's what it was. The, the Lewis Hamilton was like the next or something. And then there's other vintage cards. But like, you know, the really the only modern cards are those ones that just released. So. I don't know. We'll see. I don't really want to like get into like making predictions on stuff just because I understand nothing about the space and maybe prison holds, but it'll be surprising if it does. This Sunday is the flip quest episode number 12. Uh, we are on week 12 and we have got some recap to do from number 11 on Sunday here on the PWCC weekly auction. So we're going to look at the cards that we won last week quickly to update all of you. And these three here, we won three cards for a giveaway, but we don't, we don't have to share those right now, but uh, we won Nathan McKinnon, 2013 Panini Dominion on-card patch auto of 99 PSA 8. With the 10 auto, very nice patch there. Uh, looking forward to seeing what the Avalanche do in the playoffs. And maybe he doesn't do anything that maybe we hold till the next season and uh, get some hype around the start of the new NHL season when he's going to start hopefully healthy for the whole season. And then, Nate, you like this one a lot here. Tell us about this. I do. So it's a second-year Eloy uh, patch auto, but the patch is absolutely filthy. Um, anytime you can get... Already graded, absurd, absurd case there. Look how large that case is. Yeah. Um, but anytime you can already get an already graded uh patch auto with a nasty patch, low numbered like that out of five for 210 bucks. Yeah, and it's a PSA nine too. It's got the hat patch for those listening on podcast with the S and part of the O from socks. 
uh, from like their vintage hats. Extremely cool. And the last raw sold for like 255 that would complete the other half. So pretty content with, like Nate said, PSA 9, the 10 autograph at that. And then we got this one for the Slab Stocks PC, Keston here on card auto, number out 25, PSA 1010. The back of it's got the bazooka back, which is why it's number out 25, which has got bazooka Joe. And it looks like the, uh, like a gum package with the five cents on it. It's just such a cool card. And under 70 bucks, hard to beat that. It really is. We had one card that sold on Sunday, too. That was part of our Flip Quest 2022, which is this Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Finest Flashbacks Auto, number out of 25, PSA 10. It's a pop one. It sold for $720 on Sunday. Obviously, we don't get that full amount. There's fees associated with selling everywhere. And uh, we basically got $624 out of it. We spent $552. It's plus $72 in profit, plus 13%. Uh, on our original investment. Now, the thing is, is that, you know, this we're start, starting to learn something here, right? Like we've pri- tried to probably sell around eight or nine different slabs. We're now positive on the year overall, I think like plus 20 bucks or something uh, on this Flip Quest 2022. Let me just check just so I don't throw out a bogus number. We're actually plus $52 in profit on that. So good. We're back positive. Uh, the only thing that, you know, about this is it's pretty difficult in the sports card marketplace to buy a slab and within like two months, try to turn it right away, especially when everything's public, right? Like, it's not like we're buying these things at a card show for a great deal, going and selling it. Like, we've had really good success, obviously, selling other cards on here that aren't part of FlipQuest 2022 that we've covered in our live stream episodes. But the buying the slab and selling it super quickly, is it's a difficult task. So I'm happy we're positive on the year so far. But I think, you know, like our big ones, like the Mbappe Kaboom PSA 9, like kind of playing that one for the World Cup. Heritage Acuna on card auto PSA 10 playing that for hopefully his big injury uh, return comeback and having a huge season as a lot of people are expecting. I think that's going to be the bulk of hopefully how we are successful this year is by picking a couple of those that we can hold for a long time, doing a little bit of flipping in between, uh, you know, because it is going to be hard to make like 40, 50 percent within two months on a card unless it's just a stellar play. Yeah, you uh, just have to make a possible. major guess. What do you say, Nate? Point. You'd have to take a major guess on somebody that's about to blow up and buy them before they blow up. And that's hard to do. Exactly. And then what? Then we risk the long-term viability of that investment also in case it doesn't happen. So we'll see. I think we'll have a great rest of the year. Hopefully those two big cards pay dividends for us. But now let's look at this week in the weekly auction number 12 and the two cards we're watching. All right, Nate, you start us off. Tell us about your favorite card here on the left. Well, we got Marco Luciano, obviously. I've been a big fan of Marco Luciano for a while. So has Aaron through you. Through me. Yeah, that's true. And it's uh, gold autos. Gold autos are huge cards in the baseball market, no matter who it is. Um, but Marco Luciano is a top 20 prospect. Now, some concern here is that he had a 577 OPS in high A last year, a 730 OPS in Arizona Fall League. And in spring training, he was absolutely atrocious in his 11 plate appearances, um, a 384 OPS. So he, he wasn't good, and he played the equivalent of high a competition um in his spring training matchups so for me i'm interested in it because his last little bit of baseball has not been good um by any means he's 20 years old he's got a ton of power out of shortstop so it's super interesting but i'm curious as to see where this goes and it could be a it could be a pretty it's a risky play but it could pay off big time if he finally figures it out uh this year and starts destroying high a double a this could be a pretty cheap card that you can get and have massive upside on. So the last sale of this was October 17th, 2021 for $4,352. And it's a true gold auto. 
normally gold shimmer sells, so it's been a bit since the last one sold. But I look at this and I can't help but think, you know, you said how bad he's been. There's always that guy that has a huge Bowman Chrome auto that just flops. You know, Jerks and Profar wasn't as expensive because back in the day, that not this much money was being thrown around at cards. But his cards are virtually worthless now. I'm not saying that Luciano's going to be that guy. I don't even know anything about him outside what you just said right here. So mm-hmm. I'm not, and it's just interesting to see it will turn out one way or another, I think. Yeah, and people have to remember that just because guys are coming up and doing really well doesn't mean everyone's going to look at Jared Kelnick last year. Absolute flop. And um, the start of spring training, he was flopping. He got better at the end. But, like, uh, not everyone is going to be an automatic star, especially especially even in the lower minors, even though you're kind of expecting it. I agree. And for mine, we're looking at the one in the middle here. This is the 2013 Panini Innovation Giannis Stained Glass Light Blue Rookie PSA 9. Now, the reason why this card's so interesting, it's already at $1,700 current bid before the buyer's premium. It's so interesting because it's the light, the light blue. And I was doing some data searching on Card Ladder Pro. I can't find any light blues that sold. I don't know if it's a recent. I even typed in blue, not even light blue, and I can't even find any. Uh, there's plenty of, you know, the normal stained glass, not, not colored or anything. They, I mean, they don't sell very often. Like the last one that sold was on February 17th, the BGS 9.5 for $34.75. And then before that, November 15th, the PSA 9 goes for $17.75. So like, this card here, I literally have no idea how much it's going to sell for because there's only been four graded by PSA that are nine or higher, uh, three tens it sounds like, and I just don't know how I haven't, how none of them have popped up to sell. I mean, I will say this about Carlyer Pro's sales history. I think like once you go before 2020, there's no buy it now sales from before that because it's there's no access to them. So there could be some buy it now sales from the past, but at least no auction sales. And uh, yeah, I have no idea how much it's going to sell for. I'm intrigued. Pretty rare and a very cool card, uh, to say the least. And maybe we can get it, but I have a feeling it's going to sell for quite a bit. Nate, isn't that uh, someone who used to be a part of Slab Stocks or still is kind of? <laughs> Slab Stocks, Sam's favorite card ever, Innovation Stained Glass. Um, I don't know if he ever knew about the light blue, but he would love that card. I was thinking, you know what would have been amazing? Hmm. If they, instead of light blue, would have made it like a forest green. Forest green and red with a little color match there, stained glass. That would have been that would Absolutely be interesting. Incredible. What I kind of like about this is, you know, you see this big stained glass in a church and sometimes it got those vibrant colors popping out. Mm-hmm. That's what this makes me think of, like the sunlight's kind of coming through because the normal stained glass looks a little dull. And then the gold one looks really cool where it's like gold instead of the light blue. But a very cool card and looking forward to seeing what it sells for and looking forward to seeing what all these cards sell for in the PWCC weekly auction number 12. Please join our FlipQuest episode number 12 this Sunday, 9.45 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube Live. Moving on to who's hot, who's not of the week, and our who's hot is Julio Rodriguez. So J-Rod, as he's affectionately known, has the call-up to the majors for the first time, and people couldn't be more excited. Obviously, you all know how good he is. Unless you've been living under a rock or don't pay attention to baseball, everyone knows how good Julio Rodriguez is. And he's been amazing in spring training. And you can see it here. His prices off the charts. A speckle auto. And you got to remember that these speckles were kind of added in. I think 2019 they were added in. Yeah, yeah I think it was Well, yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't think they're around in 2018. So 2019 was a first year speckle. Usually in the Bowman Chrome market, these cards aren't nearly as hot as some of the more traditional colors. And yet you can see here PSA 10 all time. 
just a gigantic jump, almost $4,000 for the last sale, the last couple sales around $4,000. People are excited. People are really excited about Julio Rodriguez. I'm excited about Julio Rodriguez, and uh, I, I can't wait. MLB.tv, free for T-Mobile. Come on, customers, shout out. I get to watch them this year. For who's not of the week, we have John Morant, his Optic Hollow PSA 10. Oh, John Morant would be the season-long who's hot in the NBA. However, he has been injured since around March 15th, 18th. Uh, his last game he played was 18th. Nate said he missed a game on the 15th. And if you scroll down here and look at his 2019 Optic Hollow PSA 10 rookie, around the 8th to the 15th is worth around $1,000. The last price here was on April 4th, 760 So clearly, sometimes with these cards, you know, pop 504 on a hollow PSA 10, which like 500 used to be like, oh, that's not that much, but now it kind of is a lot. And it's just hard to maintain prices of like MVP caliber play when it's happening. Like, especially when you're not playing then out of sight, out of mind type of thing. And even with a guy who's been as high as John Morant this entire season, the last month, at least for this card in particular, his high end stuff, rare stuff, I'm sure is doing just fine. Uh, but it's, it's, it's in a little bit of a struggle mode here. Nate, is there a little bit of a short-term buy potential if the Grizzlies do take the regular season momentum and move into the playoffs? Or are you a little worried about how good the Grizzlies have been without a guy like John Morant? They are really good without John Morant. Uh, a little while ago, I thought I saw they were like 18-3 and three on the year or 19-2 and two or something like that without him. And that was maybe a week ago at this point or four or five days ago, so I don't know what it is now. Um potential potential buy but you also got to remember that this is just a month trend like if we started at the start of the year this would be for sure a six month trend six you know, months and it's actually pretty even but i think that this was october 16th uh you know three months is even this card really has it has had an interesting run here because it's kind of went up and down up and down as you see here on the on the chart like what about one year go one year yeah i got Let's you check that out yeah it's wow it's, it's, it's it's an interesting right one, right? Like if you buy it at at the you know end of December, this card's around four to five hundred dollars, and you're making money when it's hitting upwards of a thousand. But there's no real like oh three three month massive gain, six month massive gain. It's kind of like you had to play the trend completely right as it's went up and down like crazy. So there's your answer. Um, since it kind of is hovering around that middle section there, I I don't think if you took the average price. It would have to be somewhere around. The, it's right oh, here, seven eighty-two. So you're basically the buying year. the average price. I wouldn't touch that. Yeah, I mean, there's not, and the only way you would is if you think he can bounce, like come back in the playoffs, play as well as he was at the best, and sell for a thousand. At that point, is it really worth the risk? Probably not, because no. um, it's not super rare. But that's our who's not for the week. We, you know, hope for the best, obviously, for John Morant in the playoffs and for everyone holding on to his cards. Is they are an exciting team to watch, but uh, look out for those other players on that team. Desmond Bain, really good. Uh, even when he's been out, they've been playing well. So big, big 12. Tyus Jones, Duke, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. beat us, Wisconsin. So Jaren, either Jaren way. Jackson Jr., the only good Big Ten player in the NBA. Uh, whatever. Get out of here. But also not super false either. <laughs> uh, well, don't forget Kevin Herter from Maryland. Come on. My bad. <laughs> You're bad. I know. Uh, that was the who's not for the week. And now we'll move on to the Slab Stocks FC episode to close off. And then we'll have the little wrap up at the end. What is up, everybody? It's Zach from App Premier Soccer Investing coming at you with yet another Slab Stocks FC YouTube video. Let's get into it. First, we got the World Cup draw finally. And there's some really exciting uh, matchups that will take place in the group stage. First, when you look at Group A, 
It's a group with Qatar. Um, you have to like the Netherlands to come out of this group on top. And then I think it's going to be a battle between Ecuador and Senegal for that second spot. Though I think uh, Senegal's top-level European experience or the likes of um, Mane and Mende will be enough to see them through. Moving on to Group B, the USA's group. This is a fun one here. England uh, and USA are going to run back their 2010 World Cup group stage matchup. Uh, where the U.S. tied England in a blast gasp equalizer in that one. I really expect England to be the favorites to win the group, and then I think the U.S. will come out ahead of uh, Iran, and then the, whoever comes out of the European playoff, whether it be Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine, I think just the U.S. is such a, a good team at the biggest moments. They play up to the team's levels, and they know how to win now. This U.S. team does know how to win. They're hungry. They're young, they're competitive, and I, they have quality, and I think that'll be enough to see, to see us through to the knockouts. Moving on to Group C, I really like the matchup of Argentina-Poland there, Messi versus Lewandowski. That's going to be a fun one. Then Saudi Arabia and Mexico as well make up this group. I think Pol- Argentina is going to win this group pretty confident in that, and then I think Poland has enough to get past Mexico. They have the star power, and – Again, that talk about a team that's hungry. Lewandowski's starving for World Cup success, and I think he's finally going to get some in twenty at the end of twenty twenty two. Group D: France versus Denmark. That should be an exciting one. And Mbappe versus Eriksson. Those will be the two teams that get out of this group. Peru very underwhelming. Australia is not what they used to be. UAE not, and Tunisia don't pose any threat either. And then in Group B, we have the probably the matchup of the round between Spain and Germany. Uh, obviously two of the Europe's leading national teams, both countries who have won World Cups in the last 12 years. Um, both are now transitioning into very young, exciting new cores of players, and I think it's going to be a coming-out party for both these countries at this World Cup. And unfortunately for Japan, and then either Costa Rica or New Zealand, they're just not going to have enough to keep up with Spain and Germany. And then moving on to Group F, this one is actually really interesting to me i think morocco finishes bottom of the group and i think belgium finishes top of the group but canada is a strong team they're going to be playing with house money considering they haven't been to the world cup in over 30 years they have a really young exciting core with uh davies buchanan jonathan david and croatia is really an aging team and and when that father time hits you it hits you and while it hasn't fully hit yet i think it could happen to them in this uh, World Cup, and I could very well see Canada making it out of that group instead of Croatia. And then in Group G, you have Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. I think the Switzerland are going to continue the tournament success they've been having recently, build off what they did in the Euros, and they will get through along with Brazil, who will win that group. And then Group H is really, I think, a toss-up. I think any team could qualify from this group. Any team could win from this group. Any team could finish bottom of this group. South Korea and Uruguay are going to be relying on their star strikers and uh, Suarez and Hongmin Sun, uh, respectively. Ghana is always, always, always a tough out in the World Cup. Yes, this isn't a, as good of a Ghana team as we've seen in year pa- years past, but they'll still be tough. And then Portugal, obviously, Renato, might be Ronaldo's La- last chance to win a World Cup. And they have a ton of quality in this team. But they've also struggled, as seen by them having to go through the playoff to even qualify for this World Cup. So I want to call them unquestionable favorites as is. Uh, Moving on, 
Big weekend this weekend in the Premier League, both title race and top four race. City and Liverpool both held serve, setting up a titanic clash between them next weekend, I believe. That really should be a, a big title decider. And then onto the top four race. It's really looking like now it's just a race between two teams, Tottenham and Arsenal, with Tottenham winning against Newcastle 5-1 at the weekend and Arsenal losing 3-0 to Palace. Tottenham holds on to that fourth spot, though obviously have a game in hand. But Tottenham, we are in control of our own destiny because we are playing Arsenal in the second to last week of the season um, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I figure the winner of that will make top four. We have a bit of an easier run in than them, so they could drop points along the way as well. But a North London derby to decide who makes the Champions League, sign me up. That'll be awesome to watch. And then here's big news in just the card business space as a whole. Tops is replacing Panini and becoming its official licensed partner from 2022 to 2028. And what's really cool about this is, well, A, it already made sense for Tops to move into this because Fanatics, Tops' parent company, already has merchandise deals with UEFA, so it's a further continuation of that. But it this deal includes the Women's Zero, and I really think we're starting to see just the skyrocketing growth of women's sports around the globe, particularly in the soccer space with the sellout of the Camp Nou for the uh, Barcelona versus Real Madrid women's game. And it's just, I think that rise we're going to continue to see. And I'm really excited to see what happens with the women's card market growing forward. And I'm glad to see tops looking like they're going to be investing into it. And then on to the Champions League. Uh, big win for Liverpool uh, against Benfica. Luis Diaz, magnificent in that one. Mane as well with the goal there. Not a surprise. And Onto the team that many expected them to be playing in the semifinals. Well, Bayern Munich is not in a great position of, as of now. Villarreal, amazing atmosphere at home for them. One of those great European nights that will live on in that club for a long, long time. Winning 1-0. Though, I have to say, it does feel a bit like how Bayern was in the last leg against Salzburg, where Salzburg got that 1-1 draw at home, and then Bayern just smash them at the Allianz. I could very well see that happening again. Although Unai Emery's teams do know how to win in Europe. Granted, it's been the Europa League previously, but he knows how to set a team up to win a game in Europe, to hold on to a lead. So Bayern's got a lot of work to do if they want to set up that dream matchup with Liverpool in the semifinal. And then onto the other side of the bracket, Kareem Benzema is just out of this world at the moment. He, again, just like he did to PSG, Dominated Chelsea, back-to-back hat-tricks. Uh, Havertz scored a great goal, but he won the match balls. You can see won the player in the match and got the match ball for the hat-trick. Just what can be said about this man? So much quality. That first header he scored was magnificent. And is he's just – Real Madrid are going to be in contention to win this Champions League as long as he's fit and as long as Vinicius is fit. And they are both playing very, very well at the moment. And – Madrid obviously knows what to do in the Champions League, and they're going to be a very tough out. Can Chelsea come back? Yes. Are they going to? Probably not, especially with the second leg being at the Bernabeu, and it'll be an amazing atmosphere there next week. It's looking like Madrid's going to be back in the semifinals of Europe versus, I want to say, probably Manchester City. They definitely are the favorites right now, uh, winning 1-0 against uh, Diego Simeone's 5-5 formation with no striker, De Bruyne, Scoring a goal off an absolutely sublime assist from Phil Foden, who we'll get to in a moment. 
but you can never count Simeone's teams out in the Champions League. But Man City are in the driver's seat as now and on to Phil Foden. So he had that amazing assist, and you can see that little bump in his market coming off that. But when you go back to a year ago when he was when he fired a, a City into the semifinals of the Champions League with that great goal against Dortmund, his car prices have dropped, obviously, from a high price of $900 to 168 now. That's minus 70%, almost $392 there. But we're getting into that crunch time of the Champions League again. And if he can build off this performance uh, in the first leg and score a goal in the second leg, uh, get City to the semifinal. And then if they win the final, they're probably going to be win the Champions League, which has been their goal for years. They will probably be doing so off the backs of good performances from Phil Foden. So I would say if you believe in Phil Foden, if you believe in Manchester City, that they're going to be the ones to win the Champions League this year, this is a great time to buy. And we're looking at his uh, 2018 uh, Donruss Optic rated rookie. There's only about 450 PSA 10s of this card and about, again, like 450 PSA 9s. And then there are barely any hollows of this cards in the gray book at all. It's like only like 150 something, like 80 10s and like 59, something like that. So Foden's cards, for especially for how big of a prospect he's been over the past year and how big of a player he is for City, are still relatively undergraded, which means it won't take much for his market to skyrocket due to how few cards there are of him. Thanks for watching. Peace. Thank you, everyone, once again for watching another Weekly Slab. This is episode 18. Covered a bunch of different sports trends, mixing them with some card trends. You know, this week's going to be a big week for sports. There's a lot going on throughout the next couple of days into the weekend. And, you know, we hope you all enjoy that because it is something to be excited about. I'm sure Nate will love watching those Masters knowing and the Brewers open day, knowing he's got that Kansas Jayhawks W in his back pocket. So no matter what happens, he'll be happy. Right, Nate? I I was I was using that Bucks championship to power me through the Packers disappointing end of the season. And I will be using this Kansas Jayhawk championship to power me through whatever might happen with the Brewers this upcoming season. Well, we were lucky enough to have the Bucks championship powers through the Brewers disappointing in the last season. So I That's need good. something now, maybe like another cha- uh, Chelsea Champions League victory. Help me get past whatever might happen to the Brewers because the Kansas Jayhawks thing is doing nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> rock Chalk Jayhawk, all- baby. What do you say? I said Rock Chalk Jayhawk. I'm sick of hearing that. I'm so sick of hearing that. All right, that's all we got for this week, and we'll see you all next week in the Weekly Slab number 19.